Hello, and welcome back to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host, Reynoso, here with my boy. Soltero, what's up, guys? Today, I got a little bit of an interesting episode planned out for the folks. If you follow us on YouTube, if you're subscribed to us on there, you'll notice that every day, I've been making sure that we have these polls, these little quizzes up on our channel where people get to interact with them and kind of just talk about things going on in the footballing world. It's pretty fun, man. I look forward to it every day to see what people say, what people are going to comment here on our YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're listening to us on Spotify right now. We're trying to stay active on there. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the community tab and we're going to see what the folks of the Give and Go, what the followers of the Give and Go have said in response to these polls that I put up, yeah. and also to answer the questions ourselves as to what we think about these little funny little scenarios and situations. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah let's have fun with these. Yeah, let's have some fun. So producer, if you could, let's go over to the community tab. We're already here, and the question for today was, if you could change the outcome of one game in all of football history, what game would it be? Off the top of your head. This one's easy for me, and it's going to get very personal, but I would change the result of Atletico Madrid against Real Madrid in the 2014 UEFA Champions League final. Why is that? I just feel like with Atletico having that opportunity, it would have made like a huge statement for like the mid-tier teams in UEFA. Because from that point on, Atletico went on to have like a huge four-year span of just incredible success. One Champions League title would have really capped it all off, man. Just one. You know, we made those two finals appearances and I will be forever grateful for that. But man, bro, if we could have just gotten that one title, bro. And and that's the thing. It would have been doable if Costa and Arda Turan were both healthy in that final. I want specifically that one because that's the team that made me fall in love with football, with club football, with La Liga Spanish football, that specific team. So yes, 2016, you know, had the likes of like Antoine Griezmann, for example, who is... And will always be one of my favorite players, but I would prefer that OG Atletico 2014 team to be the one to win it for me. Yeah, man, I was thinking about kind of that 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 experience you just mentioned today when I saw Dortmund lost against Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. pulled off an incredible comeback, got the victory. Potter stays safe, but <laughs> in the process, I was looking at Dortmund's history, and they have just one, but a very prized one Champions League trophy, and they might not get another one again, bro. <sighs> But I'm glad that when they were at their height and when they were at their peak, yeah. they were able to get that 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 big, big yeah. trophy finally. They got one. And when you think about it for Atletico, it's they had that chance, man, multiple times multiple against the times. same team. Mm-hmm. And that specific loss has to stay with you on a day-to-day basis, my friend. Yeah, and yeah. It, it does. It absolutely does. And especially just the manner in which we lost it to... Again, missing two of our biggest players, but then, you know, just a last-minute header to essentially Ugh. equalize the game. We were so, so damn close to it, yeah. bro. So close. So that'd easily be the one i change. Yeah, I think for me, it's very obvious that I'm the one that creates these polls because the picture that I put up alongside <laughs> the question is the one that I would easily go with. I dream of what a quarterfinal matchup between Costa Rica and Mexico would have looked like at the World Cup because yeah. by that point, it means that for sure, one CONCACAF team would qualify to the semifinals of the fucking World Cup, man. That's ridiculous. A, a, a dream realized for any North Americans. And to have that team either be Mexico or Costa Rica yeah. will always stick with me until the end of time. Instead, it was a European team, the Netherlands, who won that match against Mexico in the final minutes with the no era penal controversy, went on to defeat Costa Rica in penalties. 
and we never got to see it happen, man. So for me, that's an easy answer, but yeah. I want to see what did people say in response to this question? Because I see that we have about 22 Ooh, okay, comments. Yeah. The people what saying. was maybe like the top rated comment? Peñarol beating Neymar Juniors' Santos in 2011. That was the first Copa Libertadores final I ever watched. Wait, really? Yes. The 2011 one. The 2011 version. And it happened to be Neymar's year where he actually took Santos to the final and won it. Damn. Tuti Mania says it still hurts 12 years later. Fuck. Holy shit, man. Yeah, because I guess Peñarol have not gotten close yeah. to the Copa Live final since then, bro. Damn, dude. It must have been like the best Uruguayan squad. Yeah, they were pretty good. They, the had this one, they had this one player, Martin Lucho, I think was his okay. name. He was pretty dope. Damn. Really good forward slash winger. But yeah, Neymar, or Neymar and Santos overall were just better, though. Damn, they, they were just a little better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool 7, Man United 0. I would like the scores to be reversed. <laughs> Honestly, same, yeah, bro. I can't believe that <laughs> shit, man. you man. had such momentum, and then they just got that. stopped by a brick wall. Yes, dude, but 7, bro, to seven your rivals? 7's a lot. To your rivals? That's a lot. Uh, 2014 World Cup Final, Argentina versus Germany. Would love Argentina to score all those missed chances and win. Uh, yeah, but would have sucked for Germany. They were the most dominant team in that tournament, and it would have felt wrong for them. Uh, to beat Portugal 4-0, France 1-0, Brazil 7-1, just to lose in the final. That's a good point. Good point, yeah, honestly. Good point, yeah. And I kind of like the idea of Messi, you know, experiencing a downfall like that and then finally yes. closing that chapter by winning in 2022. Agreed. It makes this past World Cup just so much better. But those are some great answers, guys. Great answers. Let's go on to the next poll to see what else we got cooking in the Give and Goes community tab section. Outside of football, what sport do you watch the most? NBA, NFL, F1, UFC, or uh, others such as NHL, tennis, cricket, etc. Um, for me, it's got to be NBA and NFL mainly. Uh, outside of the outside of football, of course. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's pretty much just the NBA would be the only other sport that I like sit down and enjoy what I'd actually see on this on the TV screen. You know, fun fact. Actually, basketball, NBA specifically, was like my go-to sport from like the ages of like five to like 14 Damn. or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. for like almost a decade of my life, it was basketball, bro. Damn. Uh, but yeah, then I found soccer and then everything shifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I love the NBA, man. I love these American... F UFC, I've been getting into UFC a lot UFC's more recently. fun to watch. UFC yeah. can be really not, fun on I don't weekends. follow it, but it's fun. Yeah, Tiro de Esquina says, I rarely watch other sports, but my grandfather is a big tennis guy. Yeah. So I watch a few games here and there. Saikat Sasmal says, obviously cricket. Cricket has to be... Probably the second biggest sport in the world, so that one makes sense. Makes sense. Handball, because it's the closest to football, except with hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I That's mean, your yeah. reason? It's handball, not football. <laughs> Who do you think is the most underrated player of all time? We've answered this We've already, answered this, right? Yeah. And I, I wanted to post it to see what are other people saying, man. And so, off the bat, my answer was Franz Beckenbauer was my most underrated player of yeah. all time. Yours was a little bit more specific. Uh, and my, mine was actually more general. I didn't really have a specific one, but I'm curious to see what the people have to say yeah. on this one. I think the first one, Angel Di Maria, that, that, that's a really good one, man. And I, I had highlighted Di Maria you know, before the World Cup as probably the most influential and effective Argentine player outside of Leo Messi. And I think it makes sense. Like His impact on the yeah. final after not playing a lot going uh, into that final bruh. was ridiculous. Like He's... He's a big time player yeah. and we got to see it like throughout every stage of his career, bro. Yeah. And culminating in a World Cup final trophy, bro. Like Damn. Di Maria is one of the best players out there. But I like the idea that maybe he is a little underrated. I, I think he is. Cause when you think about like top, top players, 
I don't feel like people would say Di Maria. Yeah. I don't think they would. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they do. Maybe there's like a small contingent of supporters. But other than that, I would say he's pretty underrated. Yeah, I wonder if he's ever been like a top 10 player in the world. Like, Yo, yeah, yeah. Has, but, but yeah. I don't know, but I just feel like he's never mentioned like alongside like it's like Messi, Neymar, uh, Ronaldo, yeah, Lewandowski, Lewandowski, Benzema. Yeah, there's always like the yeah. top five right there. Right. But you never hear Di Maria's name get mentioned in that category. But yeah, he can play up to those standards yes. every single week if he's healthy. Exactly. It's kind of crazy. But yes, he scored in the World Cup final, the Finalissima, and Copa America final. God damn. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Enrique Rios says, in my opinion, I don't hear a lot about Leon Goretzka. Homie is an absolute machine, a true box-to-box midfielder, and I enjoy watching him play. He does play for Bayern in the Bundesliga, which isn't as competitive as most leagues, though. I hope he makes a Prem move sooner than later if it's planned out there in the universe somewhere, because I believe he would do extremely well. Dang, that's actually a good point when it comes to, like, Bayern central midfielders. They really don't get much accolade outside of Germany. You know, thinking about like Leon Goretzka, even Tony Cruz had to actually oh, leave yeah. Bayern yeah. to get the sort of substance and accolades that he deserved. Hell, even Kimmich right now. Like, will Joshua Kimmich ever be considered a brilliant midfielder at Bayern? I don't know. He might have to leave Bayern to kind of get that sort of praise. And I think, again, I think that's what's happening to Goretzka right now. Yeah, I can see that. I think Kimmich is getting... I think if you watch football, then I think you do you, know about it. Right. true. In a more casual sense, I do agree. Right. Goretzka specifically, bro, I, I really don't hear that much talk about because I don't think he... I don't think he's super exciting to watch. I don't think he'll yeah. dazzle you. Nah. But he's a he's an industrial midfielder. He, he's a blue-collar guy. Yeah. He clocks in, <laughs> clocks out, takes care of his business. Right. So he must be a great player to have if you're a Bayern fan, I'm sure. Which is the most embarrassing? <laughs> getting nutmegged, a blowout loss... Scoring an own goal or a bad prediction? Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> you do me dirty there. <laughs> the poll says 42% own goal, 31% blowout loss, and 19% nutmeg, 9% bad prediction. But I don't know, man. I feel like a blowout loss is pretty fucking bad. I was bro. just about to say the same thing. I think for me, a blowout loss is the most embarrassing, especially if you're just out there the entire 90 minutes. Yeah, bro. You're just constantly just getting hammered by your opponent, and you can't figure it out. That's embarrassing, <laughs> bro. A nutmeg's really embarrassing for like five seconds, and I'd say that's about it. Unless it's really bad, and you get like memed and all that bullshit. Well, you're gonna, yeah, that's the thing. That's you the will thing. get memed, that's and the thing. it will maybe last longer than a blowout loss, but... <laughs> For me, those like those like 30 minutes where the game's done and dusted and a blowout loss and you still got to be on the pitch, to me, that's way more humiliating than a quick snap of the moment nutmeg. Yeah. Own goal, I think, depends on the context. I was about to say, own goals can be really unlucky sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. just not even on you. So if like if I had something really unfortunate happen, I'd just blow it off like, hey, it's not me. Like, it touched <laughs> me, sure, but I didn't score that shit. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on a bad prediction? That prediction, I you think, experienced it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I, again, I think it c- completely depends on the context because yeah. if you back it up with a lot of either good analysis or maybe some sort of structure behind the prediction, then whether you get it wrong or not will just completely depend on like your mental fortitude. Yeah, <laughs> taking accountability yeah, basically like, saves you from embarrassment. Just yeah, exactly. Like, if you, you like, just like own up wrong. to it, yeah. I got it wrong. Yeah. yeah, then it's not really embarrassing. 
Angel Munoz says, I think it depends on the setting when these things happen. Let's say it's a World Cup final and your team is playing at home and you ask me what's the most embarrassing thing that could happen to me. Personally, it's that own goal, especially if it's the winner. Ooh, well, there you Christ, go. That's Holy a nightmare. shit. That is a nightmare right there. Omar Buentello says, fifth option, comeback loss. You had the advantage for the majority of the game and it's gone in the last 10 or less minutes. <laughs> Huh, yeah, that, that, that that's yeah. bad. That's really bad. You're like up 2-0, and then you concede three unanswered goals to lose the game. Bruh. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks <laughs> a yeah. lot. Uh, Ronnie for Life says, if you are with your friends, it's definitely a Meg. But Megs in a pro match don't really go noticed. Yeah. What do you think is the best logo out of these four options? We got Chelsea, Valencia, Bayer Leverkusen, or Inter Milan. The fans voted 2.8 thousand votes. Inter Milan won with 40%. Chelsea came in second with 26. Uh, for me, though, think? personally, I'm going Chelsea, bro. I think Chelsea has one of the most beautiful crests, badges, whatever you want to call them. Bro. I love that that circular blue. I love the little, what is it, like a little lion in the middle that's standing. The font of the word Chelsea and football club accompanied by those two red dots on the sides. It's like a perfect... Just a perfect design. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to agree with the majority here, bro, and go with Inter Milan. I love the simplicity of the design, but especially, dude, how the letters are all interlaced yeah. inside that circle. Football Club Internazionale Milano, right? Yeah. All four letters are somehow embedded inside that circle, and I just love how it looks. It just looks really sleek, Damn, bro. that's so clean. It looks yeah, so that's, sleek. That's hella clean. Yeah, that's so hella for clean. me, Milan, baby. Yeah. Inter. But then you have the other two options. Valencia has a fucking bat on it. I'm always fascinated <laughs> by that. And then, like, the bat's wings, if you notice, kind of kind of wraps itself around the rest of the badge and makes ah. up the emblem. And then they have, like, an orange vintage ball right in the middle. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And then for Bayer Leverkusen, I like how in the middle they did Bayer vertically and horizontally and like it works out that like, is cool. yeah that's kind of that cool. cool you know what's interesting is that there's always the opportunity to update or change your yeah. crest yeah you know manchester city's update like what like five years ago or whatever huge update bro because prior to that like in the young or like in the early carlos tevez or aguero days their crest looked almost like cartoonish yeah. or kind of like childish low-key but then they kind of updated it or i think they technically reverted back to what it used to be and it's almost way more professional if yeah. you will so yeah th that opportunity that idea to like switch up the logo can be big sometimes bro yeah what's kind of crazy is that the logo we're seeing right now is the old inter milan logo that's the one that i put up in the poll they actually got rid of it oh, oh they, the, the new one is a little bit yeah. more blocky yeah if you want if you could producer rub pull up the the new new inter milan logo yeah people are a little disappointed it's that one right there oh, okay. yeah so it's gone from boom to boom and uh oh god that, yeah. that's way worse in my opinion yeah way worse yeah they fucked up they they fucked they up they really fucked up yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it looks like volkswagen says producer rub but it's kind of the dark that's the oh, dark shit. side. Yeah, it does, it does look like Volkswagen. Oh, wow. It's the dark side to logos, <laughs> Redesigns, man. man. You lose your essence, man. Dang Milan's it. logo redesign is one of the worst downgrades in history. Went from a 10 out of 10 to a 5 out of 10. Yeah, 100%, bro. The new one's shit. God. With Reynoso being a Liverpool fan and Saltero being an Atletico Madrid fan, we'd like to know which club do the give-and-go viewers prefer? 1.2 thousand votes. And the majority goes with Liverpool, baby. 60% and 
And honestly, a whopping 40. 40 is actually a win for me. <laughs> I was expecting like 20, 15, yeah, man. 40%. I'll take that all day long, They're baby. coming around, bro. They're, They're coming. Maybe you're changing the agenda for Atleti, uh, that man. perception, man. Uh, you see Greasy go off this past yeah. weekend? Holy shit, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. It's hard, what's not to like? Let's see, <laughs> let's see some of these comments. Atletico with two hearts from an account named Simeone. Simeone. Hey, Diego commented. Both are great clubs. I'm a Real Madrid fan and a Man United fan, but in my, my wait, what? I'm a Real Madrid fan and a Man United fan, but in my opinion, Liverpool fans are gross emoji. Yeah. Okay. I can agree. None, but I hate Atletico with a passion. Yeah, that's that's more how people think, that's I would more, say. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most beautiful goal you've ever seen? And let's just look at the top comments here. Yeah. We have Mexico versus Italy 2002 group match. Jared Borghetti's head twister of a goal and was scored on the greatest goalkeeper Italy has produced. Gianluigi Buffon, El Modelo. What a fucking comment, man. <laughs> yeah. God damn. And a lot of passion behind yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Roberto Carlos's extraordinary free kick for Brazil man. has to be mentioned. Yeah. Um, the most beautiful goal is Slatan's bicycle kick against England. That was a dope one. Yeah, that, was a, that was a crazy one. Almost yeah. like circus type, yes. of, uh, yes. type of goal. Absolutely. Carnival-like finish. Angara Messi. Yeah, that one's been growing a lot for me, man. Like uh, this past decade, just the whole commentary around it, the culture that's been built around that goal yeah what an iconic goal for messi man and what a name i'm kind of messy i'm kind of messy i'm kind of messy <laughs> i love it but how about you give us yours just off the bat what would you say is the most beautiful goal you've seen i feel like i've said this before actually on this podcast yeah. and i'll say it one more time when i hear the word beautiful and goal in the same sentence immediately my mind goes to benjamin pavard's 2018 <sighs> world cup goal yes, for france against argentina one of again one of the loveliest strikes of the ball kind of like outside of the boot his body's almost like a, at a 180 degree parallel with the ground and he just strikes it so beautifully almost like he's hitting a golf club yeah. but the bend he gets on it dude sublime so for me def definitely that one i, I think actually, would you yeah, say I, that I, one of the most beautiful goals i've ever seen yeah man i i could honestly agree with that i don't yeah. think i gotta throw in my two cents here that <laughs> it's a beautiful beautiful goal given the stage yeah. and the uh finish who's winning the copa del rey because now we have uh osasuna who went up one nil on athletic and then uh barcelona defeating real madrid one nil as well so right now as of right now there's a second leg left to be played but as of right now it's looking like barcelona osasuna yeah, I'm going to go Barcelona. I just don't see anybody beating Barca in Spain right now. Like, just contain it to Spain. Okay. Nobody can realistically beat them. I don't know why, honestly, because they are <laughs> playing at a good level, but not, like, unbeatable type of level. But in Spain right now, they are truly pretty much unbeatable. So, yeah, I don't think I could see Athletic or Osasuna just beating Barcelona. I really don't. Um, and I know that Atletico and Osasuna are actually having decent seasons. I'd say Osasuna, honestly, probably a little bit more. They're right there in mid to upper mid table. So they have good players. They're playing good football. But when it comes to like these big, big moments in a final, I really don't think Barcelona lose these. Not the Copa del Rey. And Atletico and Osasuna just don't have that know-how on how to navigate a final, especially against a big team like Barca. Fuck it, I'm going to Sasuna, bro. <laughs> no, man, I'm be going realistic. to Sasuna. No, I've been keeping a be realistic. I've been keeping a sly eye on Sasuna this season. And I'm not saying they're going through something special, because I don't they're think not. they are. They've been solid. They've been solid. And they have some fun players, man. As Azuli, the Moroccan, had himself a great game and scored the game winning goal in that athletic match. I think they have enough to make it a game. 
They have enough to make it competitive. And Barcelona on a big stage with the trophy on the line usually wins these matches, but I don't know, man. Osasuna kind of has this feistiness to it, man. Mm. This growl, this bite. If they can unleash themselves and maybe Abde is at the end of one of those opportunities, maybe, man, maybe there's a chance for success here. So I'm going to go on the flip side, and I'm going to say Osasuna wins probably their first Copa del Rey in a long time. That'd be dope to see. It'd be awesome, man. Yeah. It'd be awesome. I also just really like their jerseys a lot. So yeah, That sure. might be what's happening. Which of Europe's top five leagues has the best fans slash crowds slash atmospheres? Mm. The fans voted Premier League with 50%. Bundesliga 26% and then La Liga 14%, but I don't know, man. I don't think France should be that low. I was gonna say I bet France should be third. Yeah. France should be not not fifth right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if La Liga ah. I'm gonna put La Liga Serie uh fourth and fifth. Uh I would put League One in third, Bundesliga in second, Premier League first. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can agree with that. No. Let me see the comments here. League One is so underrated. The atmosphere at Marseille is the best in Europe by miles. Beats Dortmund or anywhere in the Prem, hands down. Iguana says, you've never been a Dortmund, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, but League One is underrated. I agree I with that I think it's definitely yeah. underrated. League One's fans are clearly underrated. Le Pancho says, I don't know, man. The Premier League is my favorite league, and I've supported Man United for several years. But Bundesliga fans, especially recently, with fans like Dortmund, Union Berlin, Eintracht Frankfurt, they're really giving Premier League fans a run for their money. Bundesliga games are lit, dude. They really yeah. are. Pretty much every single team has a has a huge home crowd. It's barely it's rarely ever like not sold out, and they just go off, man. You know they have the ultras on one end, just constantly playing music, and then the rest of the fans are really engaged into the game, and they're really loud too. So yeah, Bundesliga have really fun atmospheres. Then what's up with the Serie A then? Because I feel like I don't see the most exciting atmospheres over there, man. For me, it's the stadium builds, man. I don't think yeah. the stadiums are tight. I don't think they're constructed well and Actually, honestly the, the the acoustics don't work i remember in 2016 when atletico and madrid were in the san siro for the uefa champions league final i remember being pissed because i hate the san siro and i know that's going to be sound like a hot take but next time you watch a match at the san siro in the Serie A, bro try and listen because you won't hear anything <laughs> i don't know what it is but like all of the acoustic sound waves just get canceled out by one another like from all ends of the stadium and you're left with a really dull audio product damn so yeah any game at the san Siro, i already, I already know it's just not going to be lit it's not going to be fun i'm sure if you're there maybe you can like feel the energy but at least audially from a tv screen you just can't hear anything yeah, and I do want to make a point to say so the fans can understand where this is coming from. Saltero is a piano virtuoso, so he understands acoustics very, very well. And I do not say that lightly. <laughs> so do take into account this opinion with some gravity yeah, and some weight please. when it comes to audio preferences <laughs> in a stadium. <laughs> no, but you, you know what's funny? I've been noticing this for like the last month since the MLS started. So bear with me here. So I've been watching, obviously, a lot of Bundesliga to catch Union Berlin games, yeah. Freiburg, Leipzig, Dortmund, Bayern Munich, right? And been catching a couple of MLS games since the league started a couple weeks ago. And I noticed something as I was watching the games. If you close your eyes and you watch a Bundesliga game, it will sound almost identical to a game at Austin FC. Oh, shit. It's crazy. 
and obviously, you know, we Americans adapted like all of the chants, the drumming, the rhythms, all of the music, the song making, the, the yelling, all of that crowd work. We adopted it obviously from the Europeans, but the ones that we most adopted it from is actually the Bundesliga. And I never realized that. The games I was watching in the Bundesliga, it sounded like the chants we hear at the Austin FC games, man. Or, or, or a chance that you'll hear like in LA, Seattle, Portland, Philadelphia. It's very, very similar. You'll have like a big bass drum just kind of going the entire game. And that's another thing that is very similar is that the ultras both here in the MLS and over there in Germany do not stop making noise, bro. It's just constant beating of the drum, constant like chant or song. But what's different from like the Bundesliga to the Premier League is that the Premier League are almost like nursery rhymes. And I don't mean that as like an insult. I mean that like, it's like very, uh, it's like Yankee Doodle, like Yankee Doodle went to, like <laughs> that is the Premier League. They're almost like nostalgically. Versus like Bundesliga is just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do I put yeah. that into fucking words? It's like hymns. It's uh, like hymnal. Yeah. It's hymnal. Versus the, the Bundesliga is a little bit more barbaric. Yes, 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 yes. Can I say something? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how do I how do I how do I start that again? I I'm think I think Loki. This, this is real. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think Loki. We show we just said the past minute. I think that was really representative <laughs> of what we thought because we basically just chanted what the Bundesliga sounded like and then what the Premier League sounded like. Like Yankee Doodle is actually a really good reference point for what we hear in England right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> We oh, got it. I'm trying to say I just can't describe fucking chance. <laughs> Messi with or without a beard. Ooh. As we see up front, we have, he has a when he has a, a nice little lion's mane, uh, a very f fierce and uh, intense Messi versus without a younger looking Messi, but still just as menacing. So 65% say Messi without a beard. But Daz with four upvotes says Messi with beard plus long hair is the ultimate goat version. I think I agree. Wait, with a beard and long hair? With a beard. Wait. I know. Well, we never seen that. That's what we? I'm saying. I, I can't picture it. No, no, no. I no, can't. No, yeah, yeah. I can't. No, I liked him with long hair and no beard. That was my idea. Right, Messi, right, 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 Messi. right. I, I, I'm going to go, regardless of hair length, I'm going no beard. I'm going to go no beard. Okay. I just think that's more classic messy for me yeah i don't know yeah. i just it just feels more classic yeah to me. I, I can see that yeah yeah he never really had that look man Th that's him I, I think that's photoshopped yeah what if messi had long hair with his beard oh dang yeah that's I mean, a does different look, yeah it does that's look a good. different messy does look good man there's long hair no beard <laughs> 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 the beard looks nice i'm not saying it looks ugly i'm just saying I think Messi without a beard is more classic to me. That's yeah, it. okay. All fair I'm enough. Saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which of these teenagers has the most potential? Musiala. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah, okay, because we're talking about what they could ultimately become. Like at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're like ceiling. Yeah. I do think Gavi is, I think Gavi's pretty close to what his ceiling is. He's mm. going to get better, but yeah, I, think so. I don't know if there's much room there. Bellingham, I think, could be the answer as well. Musiala, though, is also very untouched, dude. He, he, I don't even know what his ceiling is because yes. of what he's 
already been able to do. Yeah, this past week against Stuttgart, bro, I saw him take on four defenders and beat all four of Damn. them. The only thing that stopped him was the fifth defender that had that. to get to that. him. It was that. a crazy, was amazing run, bro. Yeah, crazy. That's Musiala, and he's like, what, 20? Yeah. Come no, on. I think he's 19 still. I think he's yeah, still a teenager. Yeah, bro. Uh, let's see the comments on that. I want to see what the people think because they voted for Gavi at 41%. Um, all our great talents, of course. Anyone who watches football would know Musiala is the best youngster with most potential, no doubt. Agreed. Uh, Gavi voters must be joking. Musiala is the answer. Uh, Verts, trust, just trust me. Verts is a good player. Yeah, yeah. No, he's good. Bellingham because his defense beats all three. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good yeah. point. Camavinga, Valverde. Where's Lingard? <laughs> <laughs> Gabby will fade and end up at Celta Vigo or something oh one day. Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Good God. Predicting a player is just downfall, Yeah, man. bro. That's dark, man. It's dark. I love it. Which of these football legends did you enjoy watching the most? David Beckham, Thierry Henry, Andres Iniesta, or Andrea Pirlo? The voters picked Andres Iniesta at 60%. Uh, but when you look at these players, I mean, I think it was Iniesta who made it the furthest into the 2010s. Yeah, so it, it sounds like that's who they just saw the most. And that's who I would pick, honestly, because of that. Just the recency of Iniesta, it's more solidified in my mind than any of the other damn three. It, I should have put someone else in there. <laughs> God damn it. And I, honestly, I've never actually seen Henri play. Like, I've seen his highlights, right. you know what I mean? Right. But I've never seen him play. And I only saw Beckham in the latter stage of his career with LA Galaxy and then, like, one season at PSG. Yeah. He was still good, though. Yeah. I just never got to see Prime Beckham. Yeah, I might, I might, I might take Pirlo there. Bex was levels above Iniesta. Damn. Bex was good, but he is the worst player from these options. Andre, Andrea Pirlo, check the stats, baby. Henri, miles clear of all of them, says James Fletcher. Okay, so it's a nice little debate here amongst yeah. uh, players not named Andres Iniesta. Pirlo was truly incredible, but unfortunately did not play in as many big matches as the other lads, so will not get his due credit. Hmm. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder the comparison hmm. of who's played the most big matches because I do know Beckham was in a lot, and I wonder if that heightened his legacy. Yeah. Um, but maybe Pirlo was just a better player when in comparison. Pirlo is so fun to watch, yeah. man. Just the way that he can distribute the ball, hold on to it. Again, I only saw him in the latter stage of his career with AC Milan and then Juventus. But even then, he was the best midfielder almost 95% of the time on the pitch. Yeah. It was ridiculous. He was so good. Which league would you rather play in? Primera Liga in Portugal or Eredivisie in Netherlands? Hmm. I thought about this one, bro. That's a close one. And being that I am Mexican, I'm more certain to thrive in the Netherlands, bro. Because of the oh. proven track record. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to go racial here, man. I'm going to go because I know what, what works out best for my people yeah. is going to the Netherlands over going to Portugal, bro. Dang so I'm going to go there. If I was Brazilian, I'd probably go Portugal. Probably. Dang, that... Ah. I honestly see them as very, very even because they both have <laughs> basically just like two to three teams that are really highly competitive and very good across Europe as well. And then there's the rest of the league. And that's the case for both leagues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it really, it really would depend where I would go in either league. Am I going to mid-table Portugal or am I going to like uh, am I going to like upper okay. yeah, yeah, table? Yeah, or am yeah. I going to mid-table Netherlands or upper table yeah. Netherlands? I don't know. Uh, that's tough. Pick one. Uh, the viewers picked Primera Liga at 59%, Edit Divisi at 41%. I think I'm gonna go Edit Divisi simply because I feel like that league gets a little bit more overall exposure 
than the Primera Liga. Because, like, Martin Odegaard went to a mid-table team in the Netherlands when he was on loan from Dude, Real Madrid. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's just slightly more scouting done there, just yeah. overall. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I choose the Netherlands. Yeah, I think there's slightly more depth. Yeah. Slightly. 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 Yeah. And... Um, yeah, but they're both so similar, bro. They're so even to <laughs> yes. me. That's why I put up this debate because when I was thinking about it, I was like, damn, I really got to like put some good thought into where would I would go. Uh, let's see what the comments are saying, what people think they would do if they were in this situation. Um, Anuj says, he would go to AZ. Uh, White Chapman says he'd go to Porto. Uh, Anthony Maverick says, Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord is better than Porto, Benfica, Sporting. And I think there's actually a good cause to believe that, to be completely honest. Like, obviously, Benfica are having a crazy year this year. Right. But just overall, Porto and Sporting are competitive. But, you know, I, I feel like I've seen Ajax and Loki, even PSV do a little bit more, maybe just as frequently. Like, they're right there, but I've seen Ajax and PSV do just like, slightly yeah, yeah, more. Yeah. Man, they need to have, like, a Leagues Cup for Netherlands and Portugal. Oh, that'd shit. be, that'd be yeah. fucking lit. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> One chance to play in the Liga MX Stadium. Which do you pick? The options you have are Estadio BBVA, uh, Monterrey Stadium. Yes, sir. Estadio Azteca, uh, Toluca Stadium, Nemesio Diaz. And then uh, El Universitario. I would love to play in the Mesio Diaz. Yeah. I would love to, man. The yeah. aerial shots I've seen of it, the sea of red that you see when you play, so red, the cauldron-like feel. It truly feels like one of the most unique stadiums that Mexico has because of the overall just vibe and tone it has throughout a, throughout a match. The lighting can be kind of intense. It's almost a little dark, but the player in the pitch shines like it's a theater. Yeah. And during the day, it looks like a pure place of madness. It looks like chaos. When it's fully packed to a brim, I think I would love to play there, man. No disrespect to the other ones. I know the other ones are great, but yeah. I feel like Estadio Azteca is such an easy answer. I actually like the prospect of Nemesio Diaz. Yeah, the Nemesio Diaz, I, what I love about it is how vertical it almost is. It really is just like four sides and the right on top of the pitch. So I, I really do like that. It's probably pretty small, like capacity wise, because of that. Especially when you compare it to like, you know, yeah. Universitario de Azteca. Yeah. But yeah, the atmospheres are almost always so lit, dude. Yeah, that, that's a good take. I would go with just Monterrey's. I think I've said it before, probably too. I just love the backdrop of the mountain in, in the background. Yeah. And then beyond that, though, just the modern aspect of the stadium too. I just, I really enjoy it. It just looks like a really nice stadium with like just one giant level, almost kind of like a cauldron or yes. like some sort of like bowl. And it's, I just love the design of it. It's really simple, nothing crazy, but it's like probably one of the more modern stadiums in Mexico. And it just looks so pleasing to the eye. Comments are saying Azteca is a top three stadium in the Americas from Valencia Fan TV. The buzz of the roaring crowd over 100,000 capacity. Even if the home team plays awful, the crowd will flip and cheer for the visiting team. Can't wait till 2026, says Merck82. 84. Yeah, the Azteca in like an international setting probably completely defeats any other stadium in the Americas. Yeah. Yeah. If it's... If it's if it's at its full potential, too. If it's at its full if potential. It's packed and everything, then yeah, yeah. it should because it should. the capacity is unmatched and there's a history there, man. Yeah. Whereas, like, a, a U.S. stadium can match it in capacity, but not the historical nah. aspect. Nah. So, yeah, no, I agree. Azteca is the number one if it can 
be brought back to those golden days. Man. Yeah. And that's all we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for participating in the community tab, for being involved with the Give and Go and answering these questions and these polls every single day. Let us know what you think about them in the comments down below if we should keep doing them. And I personally enjoyed myself being able to review these questions and see what me and Saltero both think about these uh, options. So we'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay safe. Peace. Peace.